I realized a few weeks ago I mentioned something in a message about rewards. And as I thought back over my tenure here, I have never taught and preached on that subject. And so this morning's message, we're going to look at the whole topic of rewards, called this long-lasting choices. You know, we teach our kids, but it's true for us, our choices help determine our future. It's the school we pick, the occupation we choose. Matter of fact, it's even the mate that we select determines what we're going to do in life. Amen? Amen. Story is told of a limousine of a husband and wife that were sitting in the back seat and they pulled into a full service gas station. The bell rang as they ran over the hose and the attendant came out to pump the gas. And the husband in the back seat looked over and said, isn't that one of your former boyfriends? And she looked closely and said, yes, he was. Boy, what would it have been like if you would have married him instead of me? And she said, without missing a beat, you'd be pumping gas. Is it not true that often our wives make us as men? Amen? Amen. The wives we choose, the husbands we select, set us on trajectories that we never thought possible. The number of kids we have, the job we select, the integrity that we display and live by, all set our future. How about the amount of debt we choose to live with? Each of those help determine our future. And yet, as we think about heaven, as we think about the future, I think many of us at times go through this veil of tears and say, okay, when I get to heaven, I get to push the reset button. Boom! And everything will change, and I will just be a whole different person, which is true, And all the things that I did there on earth will kind of, I'll shed and all of a sudden I'll have a new lease on eternal life. Can I tell you this morning, that's not true. There is no eternal reset button. We don't get to start over again as we live in God's presence. Because here is the truth I want you to wrestle with this morning. Fill in the blanks there in your outline. Everything you do today matters forever. That's probably not something you've ever really considered. Everything you do today matters forever. What a sobering thought. What we do today will somehow travel with us into eternity. And you're saying, Pastor, prove it. Make it so I understand it. Today, we're going to look at some truths that determines our eternal experience. And so as we look in the Word of God today, we're going to ask and answer some of these questions. So what are one of these truths? 3A there in your outline. Where will you spend eternity? What is your eternal destination? Now, 
That just starts this whole process. You mean, I can make decisions here on this earth that will affect me for eternity, yes or no? Yes, isn't that interesting? The first huge choice that I have to wrestle with is who am I going to believe in? And my first choice is based on belief. For God so loved the world, that's all of us, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's one of the first verses most of us ever memorized. So I can make a choice here on this earth to believe in the Son of God who died on a cruel cross for each one of us in my place. And when I place my faith in him, I go from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. But I also change destinations for myself for eternity. I move from hell to heaven. So I can make choices here on earth that will set me up for where I will spend eternity. And this choice is given to me as a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Even the choice that I make to embrace Jesus Christ as my Savior from sin is a grace work of God in my life and in yours. So the question this morning for each person here is have you made that choice? Have you placed your trust, your faith, your reliance that you cannot earn enough to ever even set foot in heaven? And I need a Savior who has paid the price for my sin once and for all. So you have now made a choice here on earth that will have eternal ramifications on where you spend eternity. Your decision here on earth determines where you will spend eternity. And do not leave this room today without having made that choice. It is critical. And if you think you can put it off, I'll tell you right now, we have no guarantees of what tomorrow holds. We have no guarantees of what noon holds today make that choice so there is a decision here on earth that will affect me forever that's one example but secondly the second real question is how will you spend eternity how well we're going to be in heaven in the sweet by and by and we're not going to have a worry in the world yes and no. So as you see some passages which we'll look at this morning, I think you're going to get a better idea that eternity in heaven with God is a little different than I think you are imagining. First of all, how we spend eternity is based on our behavior here on earth. 
What? Aren't we all going to be the same? Aren't we all going to? The answer is no. So turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11, page 1228, there in the Pew Bible. And we will look at this passage in detail later on in the message, but I want you to hear it now. Verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 5. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear, now we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He's writing this to believers there in Corinth. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. So that means how I live this life out, there's going to be some kind of reward in heaven based upon how I live today. Secondly, how I spend eternity One, based on my behavior, but second, given as a reward, to fill in the blank, given as a reward. Turn back to Luke chapter 6, verse 23, or swipe your fingers on your phone to do that, which is fine. But I want you to see these verses for yourself as we struggle with this. Luke 6 Starting at verse 22, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. That's stuff here on earth. Rejoice in that day, verse 23, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. These are the words of Jesus. If if anyone would know what happens in heaven, who would it be? Jesus. He's been there. He came here. He went back there. He knows all about heaven. And he says, man, these rewards will be given to you in heaven. See, salvation is a gift supernaturally bestowed upon us by God. It's not based on merit. It's not based on our works. But in light of that great gift, we owe God our devotion. And we would think that's enough. But God is so gracious. He says to us, God chooses to reward us for how we live this life for him. Do we deserve those rewards, yes or no? It's all of grace. But they're still there. In light of that, there are also two judgments, one for the spiritually dead and one for the spiritually alive. So turn with me to Revelation chapter 20, last book of the New Testament, second to the last or third to the last chapter, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. This is called the great white throne Judgment. Verse 11. Then I saw, this is John writing, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. 
From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And when I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This passage is probably one of the most horrible realities recorded in the scriptures. And judgment here, the decision on whether one lived or not or where they lived, was based upon not their works, but notice very carefully, it was what was written in the book of life. Was their name written in the book of life? And that decision was made sometime during your time here on earth. If you embrace Christ as your Savior, you went from death to life. And your name was written in the book of life. Now their deeds were also taken into account because I believe there are degrees of suffering in the lake of fire. That's kind of scary. I don't think a well-meaning pastor who never embraced Christ, and there are pastors like that who go through life thinking they know it all but never embracing Christ, I don't think their punishment will be the same as a, a Hitler or Mussolini. No. Because the books will be opened and what do these people do here on earth and their punishment will fit the level of atrocities or lack of atrocities that they did while here on earth. It's rather somber thinking, isn't it? Because we have placed our faith in Jesus, our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We will not appear before the great white throne judgment already be gone with Christ. But there is a judgment seat that we will meet. So turn back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, or verse 9 through 11. That may be better. We read it once, let me read it again. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim, our desire, our motives to, to please him. Why? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. This judgment seat of Christ is the word bima. So sometimes you have heard me say the, the bima seat of Christ. That's where I get it from. This is different from the great white throne judgment. And the bema 
was a place where the rewards were presented in athletic games. Notice in this passage, there's no condemnation, but there is evaluation. Evaluation by our loving God. Notice that he says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive all. None of us are going to escape our time in front of the Bema. It also says what he has done on the body, whether good or evil, a better translation might be whether worthwhile or worthless. What did you do here on earth? Was it worthwhile or was it worthless? Worthless. Those deeds that make no contribution to the fulfillment of God's good purposes. Worthless. At that time, God will evaluate the quantity, the quality, and the motives of what we did here on earth for him. It says in verse 9, we we want to please him. Why? Because he's done so much for us. And because I know this beam of seat is so true, verse 11, I persuade others. I challenge them to live for Christ. It motivated Paul to carry out his work of persuading people to believe the gospel. It is also our belief as well, too. Turn with me back a few pages to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 to 15. The metaphor is a building project. And as I read the passage, I want you to see three stages through the building process. Number one, he lays a foundation. Number two, there's actual construction. Number three, there's a final inspection. Verse 10, according to the grace of God given to me, it's all of God's grace, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. Someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's works will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives... He'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. This is not salvation we're talking about here. This is the aspect of rewards. Paul lays a foundation. The quality of the foundation can be the best. But the condition of the building depends on what is built on top of that foundation. Then they go into construction mode. The story is told of a 
of a carpenter that had worked all of his life for a builder. And the carpenter was getting older and not being able to swing the hammer like he once did. And the builder came to him and said, Sir, let's build one more house. And the carpenter kind of said, Yes, sir. I've worked for you for decades. You've paid me. You have been fair. But I watch you make all the profits. So this carpenter decided that he would begin to cut corners, use inferior materials. He used a lot of caulking in the construction. You understand what I'm saying by that? He filled up a lot of holes that should have been much tighter. And he pocketed the difference between the good materials and the not so good. It came the day when the building was finished and the carpenter thought it was going to be another spec home for this builder. And the builder turned around and said, Sir, you have served me well for all these years. Here are the keys to your new home. What are we building? Are we building with gold and silver and Precious stones, and precious stones are not diamonds and jewels, but granite and marble, things that last, permanent, almost priceless. Or are you building with wood, hay, and straw? Well, you use a lot of caulk and you cover up all the mistakes, but at the end there is a final inspection. And the final inspection shows, it reveals the nature of the materials. Was it a wise builder that put things together? Because fire tests the material. And I can see us with our own lives and we come to God and we say, God, I served you here on this earth. I did what you asked me to do. And God looks at what we are offering him there at the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema. And God says, let's test it. Let's do the final inspection of all that you've done for me over your life as a follower of Christ. And let's, let's see what's left. Nothing. Nothing. That's your life. That's my life. Are you a wise builder or are you a foolish builder? Because when the test comes, when the final inspection takes place, what we've invested in with inferior materials will just go up in smoke. And there'll be nothing to show for it. Notice in the text, though, verse 14, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, that means some will and some won't, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But notice what it says, though he himself will be saved. Is the man or woman's salvation in question here, yes or no? No, is how they spend eternity in question, though? Yes. Yes. Those are rewards. 
He himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Turn with me to John chapter 15. Here are some of the tests that God is going to use in this process. John 15 verses 5 and 6. The test of relationship. Jesus speaking, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. See, do you receive your life and the power to do ministry? Because I can do ministry in my own power just like you can. I can do ministry in my own strength. It's called the flesh. And Jesus reminds us that apart from him, we can do nothing of eternal significance. Nothing. That's pretty clear. Turn with me forward to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. The test of motive. Therefore... Do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and, oh, will disclose the purposes of the heart. That's my motives. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. Those are rewards. See, I can do all the right things for all the wrong reasons. And my heart can either serve me, Satan, the world, or Christ. And I will tell you on a good day, our hearts have mixed motives at best. But are we growing to be more motivated by him? Turn with me back to Luke 635 starting at verse 34 and if you lend to those to whom you expect to receive what credit is that to you even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Notice, your reward will be great. As I love the unlovables in my life, as I be more like Jesus over time, that's a test. Finally, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Question is, are you faithful? Years ago, I read a book that liberated me, and it's in the title of the book, Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome. And that book by R. Kent Hughes talked about what is success in God's eyes It's being faithful. I have put in your message overflow section 
what some of those rewards will be that are also found in the scriptures. And those are the crowns that are mentioned throughout the New Testament. I'll let you chase those down because you've got to do some reading here. Because you're the ones that are building those rewards with choices you make today. What does this mean for us? As followers of Jesus... The judgment seat of Christ, the Bema, must affect the way we think and live. It should motivate us to anticipate with joy His return. And we should live to please Him. So I have some questions. One, are are you building with the right materials? And building up the body of Christ through quality character and service? Those things would be humility and contentment, patience, love, integrity, and forgiveness. Or, are you destroying the work of God through pride, ambition, impatience, bitterness, and disharmony? Secondly, Are you taking shortcuts in the spiritual building process of your life by neglecting ministry opportunities that God desires to use you to mature you and to mature others? Or do you have excuses? I'm too busy. I'm not qualified. Just just keep making the excuses. Don't have the time. Thirdly, Are you being faithful to God in the priorities that he has set for you? I can't say this enough. Be faithful. If he's given you a responsibility and you know it's yours, do it. Don't pawn it off on someone else. Be faithful. And here's a trap. Number four. Are you becoming a legalist by judging another's life and service? It is so easy to do when we think about the area of rewards. Well, he's not, she's not. No, 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 no. Evaluate yourself. You will be the one that stands before the Bema and you won't say, well, what about George? No, doesn't fly. I will stand there and my deeds will be laid bare before his glory. And the flame of his glory will take my actions and they will be laid bare. And some of my stuff is going to go up in smoke because I'm human. I am praying that some of what I'm doing in ministry and in my own life is building with quality materials as I share the gospel. Don't judge someone else. Why do I need to apply this? Go back to my first statement. Because everything you do today matters forever. And if that doesn't make sense to you fully or you still have questions, either talk to me or go back through the passages and there's more in the sermon that I've left in your notes that you can chase this down. I've just given you some of the central passages, but there are other passages throughout the scriptures that talk about our rewards in heaven. How are you building? With the good stuff? Or will what you do end up in smoke? Saved as yet though by fire. Let's pray.